we started this series last week, and so my wife and I just decided to, um, if you have something, you can just jump up if you want to, and then she, if she jumps up, she'll probably stay up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we finished the Rich series, and then uh, I didn't know what I was going to preach next. I knew what was coming, and so, uh, so I kind of put something together for Saturday morning, and then, uh, then Friday, late afternoon, um, it's, it's funny how the Lord gives you messages. I talked to a person, and when I talked to a person, when I hung up, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to preach on the dry place. And, um, and so what you saw me preach Saturday, I mean, it already brought great deliverance. People were calling us crying and everything. I'm like, I didn't even start the thing. I just, and because the Lord gave it to me so last moment, or I didn't hear it long ago. <laughs> um, I'm assuming because you heard something today that the Lord, that was the first time the Lord told you. You know, another one is when the Lord asks you a question, it's not because he needed an answer from you. Um, and so, so, so because it came so fast, you know, I put it together and then all of those things and the points. And I'm thinking that it was going to be a little short thing, but no, that's not the case. Uh, I can see that this is getting ready to be something that's stretched out for a few weeks. Um, and so I'm going to go through each one of those points. And at first, I was going to kind of start with the negative and end up with the positive. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me again and said, that ain't the order in which we do things. You know, we start out with the positive and it ends up negative because y'all disobey. And so, uh, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, I got notes from another meeting here. So, you know, so we're going to take our time with this and, and so that we can really, really flush this out because, you know, it was last Saturday when I was ministering that I realized that the Lord had me in five years of a dry season, what we interpret as dry, by the way. That's another thing we have to deal with is your interpretation of dry is not the kingdom's interpretation of dry. Sometimes, you know, you just want to eat lobster and, and, and steak all day long. And, and how many you know rice and beans is still food? But you don't like that food, so you then determine you in the dry season. Okay, it's in, you know, you, you know, in Revelation, it was a group that said that they were in a prosperous season. And, and Jesus told them, he said, y'all dead and broke and sick. So, so kingdom, and so you have to line up your way, your thinking with the kingdom of God. So we're going to do the best job possible to help you understand those things. So I didn't know that I was five years, what I call a dry season in my personal life. And that was going to be training and backbone because the Lord was going to do the same thing in the first five years of the church starting. And there are some things you won't understand until it's over with. Let me tell you this up front. This is more of a simple, shorter lesson. But, but, but the most important thing through any dry season is to make sure that you are not living in sin to, and to make sure that you're spending time in the word and you're spending time in prayer and that you're worshiping God and you're being faithful to what the word says. That'll get you through any dry season, if, even if you make a mistake, because you still have four movement. How many know? In a dry season, that's when you don't feel like coming to church. That's when you don't feel like praying. Read the Bible? Oh, please. I want to watch play video games all day long. I mean, it's, the dry season makes you not want to do the very thing that brings you out of it. And so you have to force yourself to do it. You know, how many know that some of us that when we are physically sick, we don't feel like eating? I have to be very careful because when something has hit me in the past, I don't, I didn't, I would never drink water because I didn't feel like drinking water. 
and I have to I have to do it on purpose. I have to do it on purpose, on purpose, you know, in order to carry myself through this thing, you know. So, so that's very, 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 very important. Very, very important. So, so we're gonna jump into just the point number one. We can put up the whole list for you all that weren't here last Saturday. Um, if you need to take a picture of this, these are all of the things so far that can cause you to be in a dry season. God is testing and strengthening your character. You are living in sin. Uh, things other people have done to you can cause you to enter into a dry season. We kind of got into that a little bit depth last week, and I said I need to make I need to come back to that. Um, people, people you have relationships with. In other words, because you're connected to them, they're dry, and so you're dry. And this is a deep part. You can, well, this, let me just add this. You can be broke, connected to a person that has money, but you stay broke because they're actually broke. They, 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 you, can, you can walk, the scripture says that. It says you can walk in money, have money, but be but, but walking in poverty. And that you can be walking in poverty be walking in rich, and be rich. So it's, it's not the physical manifestation that you always get. It's always their heart and their mindset and the spirit that they carry. And so, never mind. So the city you are living in uh, can cause you to be in a dry season. And I, I got to be careful with that one because the city you are living in, it can be a dry season um, if you're not supposed to be living in that city. You know, we, a couple, I don't know, about three, four years ago, we had a couple live in another state. And they, both, they told me and my wife both. Oh, we know we're supposed to be there in Atlanta at your church. Well, how come you're not here then? You, let me rephrase that. We know the Lord told us to be there. People crack me up talking about what the Lord told them, and then they don't obey to what the Lord told them. I mean, it's just scary to me. I can't do that. Okay, so, and then, and then, and then you will forget about that, and then what will happen is, is that then things start happening negative, and you be blaming it on God and blaming it on the devil, and they're like, no, no, we told you to go to Kroger to get your groceries, and you're down at Walmart trying to get a discount. That's another thing that calls you if you got a discount mentality. Cheap. Go the cheap route. Let me tell you something. Human nature is like water. It always takes the least pass of resistance. And the kingdom was always going to take you the pass that's the most resistant. <laughs> anyway. God told you to go right and you went left. Dealing with crazy people all of the time, particularly the type of job that you are with. You are on the brunt of everyone's complaint. For eight hours a day, you work at the return center. How many of you know? <laughs> they need to have a policy to send you on vacation every three months. Because every single person is disgusted with what they bought. You get cussed out. You just brunt. And they don't care. Give my money back, etc. Well, dealing with all of that, being dumped on, can cause you to then become dry and depleted. Um, dealing with crazy people, laziness, not getting involved in your church or community, not stepping into new things because of fear and you have become battle-weary. So those are the gist. Some of the main things. I'm sure that as we go along, the Holy Spirit will then give me more. I have to, uh, I'm, I'm what you call a prophetic pastor. The reason I'm all over the place is because the Lord, when I teach things, because I'm open to being interrupted with my little sorry lesson, you know, the, the Holy Spirit will then have me segue over here to answer his question and her question and her question and their question. And, and, and this is, it's a prophetic way of teaching. And that's why even when you study Jesus, when he would be preaching, he'd be on one topic and he'd just shift to another one. It had nothing to do with the previous one. 
It's the reason that because he was doing things addressing the audience. It's very, from a professional secular point of view, it is very, very unprofessional. From an impactful and imparted point of view, it's highly successful. It's the highest level of ministry. That's why most of them don't like to do it because it requires you to let go of your little tired sermon that you create. I call myself tired because, I mean, you know, if I create a sermon and then Jesus creates a sermon, uh-oh, here it comes, y'all, here it comes. If I create a sermon, <laughs> okay, if I create a sermon and Jesus create a sermon, how many of you know 150% of the time you're going to want to listen to Jesus' sermon? So as a result of that, I have the responsibility of creating the points, and some of them are things that the Holy Spirit gives me. Some are based on research. Some are based on my own wisdom, based on my experiences. And then the Holy Spirit will then breathe on that and says, okay, that's wonderful. Let me take over. And so, so that's why with me, you see that kind of craziness where, where I'll start out over here, then I got to ask y'all, where was I at again? <laughs> y'all, you know, that type of stuff. You have something to say already? Yes, I do. All right, okay. Jesus, there it is. So you have this great illustrious list up here, but the one thing I did I noticed that we don't have is your lack of time in prayer and your time in the word. If you are a person who's consistently toiling, working, trying to build a business, working, being a mom, working, being a dad, I mean, if you're working, 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 toiling, 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 and then one day goes by, you're not praying, one day goes by, you're not in the word, then two days, three days, four days, you look up, it's been six months, and it, you come to that place where you crash or you burn out, and you then you go inquire of the Lord, and because you inquire, then he tells you, well, you have no time with me. You've been working, 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 toiling, 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 studying, or whatever you've been doing, you've gotten caught up in your own routine and your own way of doing things, and has caused you to enter into a dry place. You're dry because you have no water. A desert place is a dry place. You have no water. You, have, you don't have the water of the word because you have not been in the word. You don't have the oil of the Holy Ghost because you have not been in his presence. You have not been praying. You have been worshiping. You've been complaining and working and complaining and working. You have no water. You have no oil and you are dry. And everyone around you can see it, but you cannot see it until you are driven to this place of, Lord, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on with me? Because you're so dry. And complaining about your situation is the fastest way to stay in your situation. You look, the children of Israel are an example of that. Okay, I'm going to read a scripture to you in a moment. It says an 11-day journey turned into 40 years for one reason. It says they complained. You know, instead of complaining, you should, be, you, know, you, you should be speaking your way out of it. You know, there's one thing that a lot of people haven't mastered, and that is to be positive in the midst of a, a negative situation. Somebody makes a mistake, don't beat them up because of the mistake. Still speak positive. You know, I always try to tell people is that the very words that you speak over other people, how would you feel that those words were spoken over you? Every once in a while, I run into somebody that has an answer. I never forget this girl. Years ago, I was counseling this couple, and I said, and I said, uh, her husband did something, and she, she, you know, she just always just beating him up over just little stuff. And I remember I looked at that girl in the face, and I said, now, would you say something like that to me? She said, no, because you wouldn't do something that stupid. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a lost cause right here. Okay, so, so, uh, Benny Hinn, I knew it was something I was supposed to say when you were saying that. Benny Hinn, uh, I learned this from Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn said, most of you know who Benny Hinn is. He does powerful meetings. The anointing of God is present in his services. Some people have a problem with him blowing on people, stuff like that. And, you know, I wish he wouldn't do that, but I've been there. You know, just because he, I mean, you know, everybody in here does something. If you're married, you do something that your spouse can't stand. Mm 
It doesn't mean that you're a bad spouse. It just means that they do something that gets on your nerves. That's one thing I just wish Benny Hinn wouldn't do, and not because it's wrong and not because it doesn't work, but you give an opportunity for people who have no understanding to talk about you and you look crazy. Anyway, that has nothing to do with my point. That is, he preached a powerful meeting. He said a lot of people got healed of many different things. And, and he said that he was at a conference doing this for another ministry. And a lot of times when, when conferences take place, preachers didn't like to go out to eat. And, um, and they like to eat late, too. Man, man, they having these conferences. We start going to these conferences. Hey, man, I'm not trying to go to no full five-star restaurant. It's 12 o'clock at night. They're going to eat like it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I got to go. We got to be here tomorrow morning. So Benny Hinn said he was, he said he was sitting there at the table. And this was a night meeting. And he, no, it was a morning meeting, and he had to minister that night. He said, wonderful meeting. It was powerful and everything. He said, as he's sitting there fellowshipping with the other pastors, the Holy Ghost is constantly telling him, go back to your room and pray. Go back to your room and pray. Go back to your room and pray. Benny Hinn, he sat right there. He fellowshiped with all of the men and everything. And then, you know, he went and did the service. He said, that's one of the most flattest service he has ever done. He said it was almost like he wasn't saved. That's how flat it was. The Holy Spirit was trying to tell him, you're not equipped. You pour it out in the morning. Now you're ready to try to run into this scenario again in the evening. You're not equipped for it. You're drained. Okay? So it's very, very important. You know, I, 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 I can't believe I didn't put, oh, there it is. Like a time prayer in the world. I'm sorry. It is at the top. It is at the top. Yeah. They put that there. That was a husband thing, wasn't that, right? Wasn't it? Ah, that was hilarious. The woman come up with the idea and the brother take advantage of it like it was his. It, it was your idea because we won. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just add, let me just add on to that um, because Benny Hinn is sharing how his meeting was flat because he would not take time with the Lord. And that's how it is in our lives at times where we're toiling and we're wondering why things are not working or why we feel so frustrated and feel so upset, why we're unable to move forward to press through this roadblock. And it's because we don't have that time with the Father, the one who said, acknowledge me in all your ways, and I will direct you. You may have gone this way last time, but this time, I want you to go this way. But if we won't take time to acknowledge him, you end up right here in this place, in this dry place, and you stay there for six months, six years, 60 years, when the Lord told you to go this way. But if you had acknowledged him, he would have told you, no, baby, don't go this way. You did this the last five times. But I have a new way for you to go this time because this way is going to delay you. And I need you to get there as fast as possible. So you cannot underestimate the power of your time in the word, in prayer, acknowledging him. He said to just ask me, don't lean on what you think. Don't lean on your intellect. Don't lean on your PhD. Ask me and I will give you the answer. Don't lean on your lack of education. You may not have a GED. You may have a GED. You may not have done anything with education. And you may assume, well, no, I can't do this job or do this thing because I don't have the education. But with the Holy Ghost is the master of education. He said, you have an unction from a Holy One and he will give you, teach you all things. There have been so many things that I was not qualified to do or share, but I asked the Holy Ghost and he did it. I mean, being a mother as a child, I longed to be a wife and a mother, but yet I did not have a positive example, a successful example of how to walk this thing out and have success in my own life. So who was my master teacher, but the Holy Ghost. 
So there's many things in this life you may not feel qualified to do, you cannot do, or you failed at in the past, but if you call on the Holy One of Israel, he will give you everything that uh, you need to be a success, even if you failed five, 10, 25 times before. Maybe you went bankrupt in your business, and you think, I know I'm called to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know how this is gonna work. I keep going bankrupt. But it might be one small adjustment you need to make, but if you don't ask him, he won't tell you because he needs you to come to him to ask for the answers. And if you ask him and you don't want to hear the truth, he won't tell you either because God can't lie. That's very important. People ask, you, it's, you know, people who are a part of, you know, sometimes homosexual, lesbian lifestyle, things like that. Some of them have said, well, I asked God to change me. Yeah, you ask him out of your mouth, but you didn't ask him out of your heart. And, and because God cannot lie, if you don't want to hear the truth, he will go silent on you. He, he just goes silent. I mean, God, I mean, it's, it's very important to understand the nature and character of your Heavenly Father. And something that she said about education, always remember this. All of you have a plan. God has a plan for you all. Some carry more weight and responsibility like mine, but the values are placed the same. That's why you hear me say, you have a person that clean the toilets. God asked them to clean the toilets. And, and, and if they do their responsibilities 90% and with all of my responsibilities, I do it at 70%. When we stand before God, that person will get a more, a greater reward than I will because the value is the same, but the responsibilities can be different. If the responsibilities are greater, they give you more grace, which is not you. It's the grace they give you for the responsibility. This is not this is something that she was saying as she was talking, the Holy Spirit says something to me. He said, your education and your lack of education both disqualify you to do anything for us. Both. No matter if you're disqualified, qualified, we qualify our stuff for stuff. Your PhD is laugh, at most is laughable to the kingdom of God. Nothing wrong with a PhD, wonderful. How I many know, get a PhD, you better than me, that's hard work, I ain't doing that. The Holy Ghost have to come to me with an email with 20,000 angels and a whole orchestra to get me to go get a PhD. That's some, that, that ain't no joke, y'all. That is no joke, okay? But to do something for the Lord, you are never qualified. They qualify you. Someone, I heard some uh, minister say something yesterday. He said, when Mar Moses turned 40, he thought he was ready, but he wasn't. When Mar Moses turned 80, he thought he wasn't ready, but he was. Okay? And so you, God has to qualify you. Because when you talk about doing something for the Lord, I say all the time about my position. How can I, as a pastor, run something for someone that knows everything and I don't know anything? Okay? He knows what all of us are going to do three hours from now. I don't know what I'm going to say in the next ten minutes. How do you run something for someone that's perfect and you're not? You know what I'm saying? So your lack of education uh, uh, disqualifies you and your education, both everything disqualifies you. So when the Lord chooses you to do something, he has to equip you, and that's what we call the grace of God. Grace of God is an empowerment to do what you could never do on your own. Without the grace of God, I would have been dead the first year of the ministry. Still wondering why I'm alive sometimes now with the grace. And with that, without that empowerment is why you suffer burnout. You think you suffer burnout because you're doing too much of the same thing too often. That's not why you suffer burnout. You suffer burnout and you become dry because you do not go back to the source of the empowerment to begin with. Mm, hold up, I gotta say, see, we tagged him in now, we tagged him in Jesus. Okay, so, and, and, and God does not grace you to do something outside of his will. Oh, Bishop Oedipo said something years ago that I never forgot. He said, it's not hard work that kills people, it's wrong work that kills people. 
Say that again. So, Say that again. Say it. <laughs> it's not hard work that kills people. It's wrong work that kills people because the work that you are doing, you are doing it without the empowerment. In other words, heaven is not with you. That's why it's so important. Let me tell you something. When you're seeking the Lord, if they haven't said nothing, just keep on doing what you're doing right there. I mean, how many know God has the ability to get your attention when you did not want to hear from him? Lift your hand. You were at that store, you were getting ready to buy that item, and the Holy Spirit was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And you're trying to shrug him off. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. But the stuff you're praying about, they're not answering you. Lord, when is it my time? When is my time? If they haven't said nothing, that means keep serving right where you are because they have the ability to get your attention when you don't want to hear, which means they definitely have the attention, ability to get your attention when you are trying to hear. Okay, so just remember that is that you can't get upset when you are doing something that you are not graced to do. God called you to be a Ferrari. You're trying to act like a station wagon. It's just, it doesn't work that way. And so, and, and sometimes... Sometimes failure is the Lord trying to bump you. T.D. Jakes preached a message years ago called Bumpers. He said it's negative things that happen in your life and they try to, it's God trying to bump you over into the right lane of traffic to help you understand. There's a lot of stuff that didn't come out of our mouths already. So I told you when she came up here, I said, oh, here comes Jesus, the extra, extra power and grace, multiplication factor, all that type of stuff. Okay. And let me say this, just because you think you heard from the Lord doesn't mean you did. Mm -hmm. So once again, can you be led into a dry place because the Lord told me, the Lord told me. And I'm like, really? The Lord told you? Well, how, how did he tell you? Well, this is, and he tried to explain to me how the Lord told him. Okay, all right. And so then I have to just sit back and say, let's wait for the fruit. Let's just wait for it. Let's so wait for it. Wait for it. And there are times that because of your pride, you don't want to admit I made a mistake. Yeah. I did not hear from God. I thought I heard from God. And because of our pride, we won't admit that. And you would rather travel down this road 10, 15 years, 10, 15 miles, rather than stop and say, wait a minute. This was not God's plan for me. This was not his path for me. I made a mistake. I mean, I talked to a young lady in the congregation. She told me, the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me this. And I just said, hmm, I just listen. And as I'm looking at the fruit <laughs> over time, over time, now I can go back and say, remember we had this conversation? And you said, the Lord told you this. Do you still believe he told you this? I mean, I talked to one young lady and we were looking at her life and she would not relent. I mean, she was still saying, the Lord told me. Well, if he really had, if he really did tell you, then why all of these things just have completely fallen apart? And she still would not admit to this day. So you have to be a person of a humble heart in order to get through and not die in that dry place. Because the Bible says all of the promises of God are what? yes. And amen. Did it work? Yes. Is it working? Yes. Okay, there's another scripture. Remember what God said about his word? He said, my word is like the rain. And when it hits the ground, it makes the earth bring forth and bud. So if God told you something and it's not working, you either took what he said and twisted it or that's not what he said. And guess what, y'all? Unfortunately, religion tries to make it seem like it's something wrong if we miss it. I said that a few weeks ago. Whatever God has for you, the, the mistakes are built into the equation. That's why the Bible says a righteous man, not a sinner man, a righteous man falls how many times? And gets right back up again. Your, your mistakes, let me tell you something. Yo, I mean, how many, you know, let, me, let me tell you what's amazing to me. It's how God will ask you to do something 
but already knows all of the stupid stuff you're going to do for the rest of your life. That should tell you something. Now watch this. He picks you today knowing what you're going to do for the next 50 years. He knows that in advance and still picks you today. And then when you mess up tomorrow, you then disqualify yourself. That's why the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Whatever he called you to do, no matter how many times you mess up, he still called you to do it. Prior to us getting married, I did not complete my college degree. I did take some classes and go down that path, but I didn't complete it. My mom was sick. I got out of school, so on and so forth. I didn't complete. So we then get married, and I'm convinced it's now time for me to go to school. My husband says, no, 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 it's not your time. Well, come on. Yes, it is. It's my time. I'm supposed to go to school. He says, no, it's not your time. So there was some friction because I really believed that the Lord was saying, go to school. And my husband clearly knew it was not the Lord's time. Fast forward, we moved to Georgia. Now it's time. I'm supposed to be in school right now. And I just pressed the issue and pressed it and pressed it so much he finally relented. Now he knew it was not the will of God for me to be in school. I got all these babies. My season of time was to be at home with the children and focus my time on them. What I yearned for was education. I wanted to learn, read and learn. I love to read. That was what I really desired. It really wasn't the school system. It wasn't the test taking in the semesters. That's not really what I want. I don't really like that, but I love to. I'm a sponge and get all this information. But I pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed and finally he relented. I went to school and it was the worst. It was the worst season of my life. The absolute worst. And finally I said, you know what? I'm getting out. And I had to t admit to him, you know, I made a mistake. I was not supposed to be in school. That's not what I was supposed to do. So there was time wasted, but I had to look at my life and say, you know what? You made a mistake. And Lord, I'm going to let this go. If it ever comes back around and I'm supposed to be in school, then I will go at your word, not at my, not at my own. So there can be things that we desire in our hearts. And the Lord knows the desires because he put it there. And there is a way that he wants to give it to you. But in our own intellect, leaning to our own understanding, leaning to our own way of doing things, we think we're supposed to get it a particular way. The this is the only way I can get this information is to get enrolled in school and go to school. And that was not the way the Lord wanted me to do it. He wanted to teach me himself over time, over years, looking at my life, knowing the babies he gave me, that I'm supposed to be there, and there was a way and a process by which the Lord wanted to do it. But I put the thing in my own hands. So it's so important. If he gives you a word or has a desire in your heart, again, go back to him. You put this in my heart. When is the time? What's the process? How should I do it? Send me a confirmation. As opposed to jumping out there and spending all this money, wasting all this time and energy. We don't like waiting because we feel like waiting is wasted time. But whatever, let me tell you something, y'all. It's very. Let me tell you how you can easily mess your life up. If you don't have a kingdom paradigm, eternal point of view, you will mess your life up. Because your accomplishments will be based on 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And if I don't get this in before I die, I'm going to miss out. That's crazy. You're going to live forever. And, and you're going to live forever how you live forever will be de determined by what you did for the kingdom, not what you did in school, not what you did on job. Most of us working on the jobs, making somebody else rich anyway. You know, and, and so that's, and even if you have your own business, you gotta be very, very careful. That's why we'll, after this, we'll come back to that whole eternal rewards because people were just flabbergasted. I had pastors, they were like, I mean, one pastor called me, he said, man, I had to scratch my, 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 uh, my head and ask, what have I been teaching for the last 15 years? He said, I'm not prepared, and my entire congregation is not prepared to 
to, to reach eternity. And that's a very, very scary thing, you know. So, I, so, so that's the end of one message. Tune in to the next one if you're listening to the Mia page. We didn't even start the lesson yet. That's the reason why I got two scriptures down here.